Thank you for listening to an audio resource from Stanwich Church, located in Greenwich and Stamford, Connecticut. The vision of Stanwich Church is to know Christ and make Him known. The Gospel lesson for today is from Matthew chapter 24, verses 36 through 44. This can be found on page 986 of your Pew Bible. Today's reading contains Jesus' instructions to the disciples in response to their question about the time of his return. As Christians, we are to live in expectation of Jesus' coming while sharing the gospel of salvation with those who do not believe. A reading from Matthew chapter 24, beginning with the 36th verse. But concerning that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, nor the Son, but the Father only. For as were the days of Noah, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. For as in those days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until the day when Noah entered the ark. And they were unaware until the flood came and swept them all away so will be the coming of the Son of Man. Then two men will be in the field. One will be taken and one left. Two women will be grinding at the mill. One will be taken and one left. Therefore, stay awake, for you do not know on what day your Lord is coming. But know this, that if the master of the house had known in in what part of the night the thief was coming, he would have stayed awake and would not have let his house be broken into. Therefore, you also must be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. May God add his blessing to the reading of his holy word. Welcome. You may notice all of this greenery and decorations. It may have even surprised you as you enter today. And a big thank you to all those who showed up to transform our space into this season of Advent. Um, It may have also surprised you to hear our scripture read this morning, where it focused on Jesus' return. Uh, You may have thought we were focusing on Christmas, but actually, today is the first Sunday of Advent, which means coming. And throughout most of church history, until more recent times, the church focused on the second coming during the season of Advent. We, in our era, we focus a little more on the first, which is Jesus coming as the baby in the manger in Bethlehem. Our title for today, you might have seen, was Arrivals, plural. And that Arrivals is plural because we celebrate both Advents, when he came to earth to save us from sin and death, and also his coming return in glory. And you and I, we live in between those two arrivals. This is a time of waiting. We still live in a fallen world where things break, harm happens, pain and suffering show up in every life. It seems there's plenty of bad news today in our world, our community, our families, and even our own stories. Everyone is wrestling with trials of some kind. And some of us wonder if God hears our prayers and will answer them. Jesus told us this would be the case. There will be challenges and troubles until his awaited return, his second coming. 
There is hope in hopeless times. We are in a time of preparing for Jesus to come again. And in this chapter in Matthew, we find Jesus is sitting with his beloved disciples on the Mount of Olives. And we're told in the book of Matthew, this is his last final big talk before, just days before he, the Last Supper takes place and the crucifixion. And it is, he knew that his time was drawing near where he'd have to say goodbye to them. So these words that he spoke to them really mattered. Thinking about this scene of Jesus saying goodbye, I'm reminded of the process parents go through when their children leave home. I read a while ago that when parents drop their kids off at college, they use the drive to campus to give them all the life lessons they can think of possibly sharing with them. And of course, the students are so preoccupied with this new chapter about to start and leaving home that they don't hear a word of it. So I had read that article a few months before taking my daughter Lise to D.C., and so I tried to be judicious. I'd been forewarned, and I would tell her stories all through the months leading up to her departure, words of wisdom, words of warning, words of encouragement. So I tried to give all of that to her ahead of time so the time down could just be a drive of enjoying being with her. I have to admit, you know, it was a sad, exciting time knowing that her new independent life and journey were really beginning. But I have to say, I wasn't um, totally able to help myself from offering a little unsolicited advice. That did happen. But, you know, when you're taking leave of someone, what are the most important things you want them to know? That is what Jesus is doing in this story for today. And in the verses leading up to our scripture, the disciples asked Jesus, what will be the sign of your coming and the end of the age? And he tells them, there'll be a delay before I return in glory. There will be suffering, false teachers, wars, lawlessness, persecution for his followers. But the gospel, the good news of the kingdom, will be proclaimed throughout the whole world. So our reading for today tells us to wait, stay awake, and be prepared for Christ's return. So let's look together at verses 36 to 40. But concerning that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, nor the Son, but the Father only. For as were the days of Noah, so will be the coming of the Son of Man." For as in those days, before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the day when Noah entered the ark. And they were unaware until the flood came and swept them all away. So will be the coming of the Son of Man. Then two men will be in the field, one will be taken and one left. Two women will be grinding at the mill, one will be taken and one left." Well, five times in these verses for today, we hear the word coming. Jesus is repeating that word to assure them, I am coming back. And we see he places himself above the angels, but second only to the Father. And then he describes the days of Noah when people are eating and drinking and marrying. 
But then all of a sudden, their lives were upended. And as a church, we've had a number of service projects to Mamernek, where a number of families experienced six-foot storm surges, and all of a sudden, the water came rushing down the road into their homes and invading their property. The devastation was great, and they knew how quickly life can change in a moment. While the Noah story was bad news for many, there was more to the story. God sent his judgment to wipe away sin, but he had a rescue plan for us and for all who came after. Through Noah, his family, and that ark filled with animals, God came and offered an invitation. His story was the real thing, the one that matters and the one that saves us. The verse that followed talked about men in the field and the women grinding in the mill. One is left and one is taken. And we can almost imagine going about our daily affairs and then someone working alongside us disappears and is no longer there. That would really be shocking, wouldn't it? Well, scholars debate about exactly what this verse means and they say it's either being taken for salvation from the troubles of the world or taken for judgment. Either way, this verse says, don't get so involved with your own affairs that you're blind to the significance of what is to come. And these words were said by Jesus to encourage us to wait for him with anticipation. Now, we don't always know what God is doing, but our need is to make every moment count. Don't miss out on the life of joy that he offers us as we live with him. I had the opportunity as a chaplain to work in the nursing homes for six years in the past. And as I did so, I learned so much about living, working with the dying. We don't know the time any of us has left on our life clock. Only God does. And I remember asking myself each day, how am I living knowing my time is limited on this earth? Am I living and waiting with anticipation? God has given me personally a wonderful daily picture of what waiting with anticipation looks like. And I want to introduce you to someone who greets me every day when I get home from work. (laughs) This is our Cavapoo Sadie. Um, And... She knows the sound of my car door shutting in the driveway, and like a bullet train, she shoots out the doggy door to greet me. People sometimes have stopped in their cars or walked by in the neighborhood and called out in some distress, thinking that the dog has her head stuck in the railing. So just in case you were worried about that, I can assure you she can get her head in and out. Um, But if I don't hurry up and come around and open the gate and come in quickly. Her next move is to scratch the railings violently, and if I'm really delayed, she'll start barking at me. So not only do I get this joyful reception when I come home, but Sadie does this for every member of our family. She has an internal clock, and she's often out on the front stoop waiting for us with great anticipation. She knew when my daughter Elise would get off the school bus and she'd be out ahead of time. 
She knows when our neighbor in the early morning drops off treats outside for her. She is eight pounds, but she is in charge of everyone in our household. <laughs> you may have heard the phrase, I wish I were the person my dog thinks that I am. And that is so true for me. Sadie shows me what loving anticipation looks like. And that kind of enthusiastic waiting makes me wonder, what are we waiting for and anticipating? With the holidays upon us and Christmas coming, maybe it is for grown children or extended family or friends who will return, or maybe who have just been with us. If you're like me, I have trouble sleeping weeks in advance of these events. But for some, it may be anticipating a special trip. The waiting and looking forward to it is often as exciting as the trip itself. Jesus' return is also exciting news when we understand why he is coming back. Out of God's great love for us, Jesus will return in glory to judge the wicked and the nations and to set all things right, to bring God's kingdom in full, his justice and his mercy to the world. And that is so that all might know that Jesus is the Son of Man, the Savior of the world. Despite all the pain and suffering that we see around us each day, his future news is great news. It is better news the more we know him and the closer we walk to him. We reap the benefits of a life of meaning, hope, impact, and purpose. For those who wait, endure, and follow him, Jesus promises life full and abundant. And we get this gift when we ask him into our hearts. And getting closer to God, we become hopeful and expectant for our reunion with him. Jesus said, be prepared by waiting and staying awake. Let's look together at our other verses, starting with verse 42. Therefore, stay awake, for you do not know on what day your Lord is coming. But know this, that if the master of the house had known in what part of the night the thief was coming, he would have stayed awake and would not have let his house be broken into. Therefore, you also must be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. This third story in our text for today involves a thief coming in the night. It's another account of bad news from our text today. We read about a flood, about one being taken and one left behind, and now a thief in our home. But in the midst of all this bad news, there is some very good news. These stories are about judgment, but most importantly, about Jesus' homecoming, his rescue, and his grace. Twice he says, stay awake. There is much mystery to his return. The only thing we do know is that we won't know when it's coming. And it is coming. And our work is not to try to calculate the date, just as the thief does not announce his arrival, but to stay awake. When we're asleep, what do we miss out on? We lose sight of the bigger story that God is telling. And we can be deceived and discouraged, defeated, 
doubtful, and distracted, Jesus invites his disciples and us to stay alert, knowing God may come at any time. So when you see the news, the distress, and the troubles in our world today, keep in mind Jesus' words. He tells us this so that we don't grow weary or lose heart. Keep waiting. Stay awake. God will give you what you need to know to know him better and be his disciple. We don't know when he's coming, but we know he will return. So what does it look like to stay awake and not miss what God has for us? In Peter's letters, he tells us how to be prepared for Christ's return. In verse 13 of chapter 1, 1 Peter, he says, Therefore, preparing your minds for action and being sober-minded, set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Now that phrase, revelation of Jesus Christ, is about Jesus' second coming. Prepare your minds for action. That's saying, get your head in the game. Receive the gift that is coming. Being sober-minded is talking about being morally and spiritually alert to fix our eyes completely on God's grace. Being people of hope in a hopeless time, it means that we know he's coming again in his full grace. That includes all of his forgiveness, his love, his joy. Jesus' good news and coming are a promise, not a threat. There will be judgment, but it's only the backdrop to understand his grace, to understand him. And we know that because we look to the cross where Jesus already came to take on all wrath for our sin so that we might have life eternal and abundant, life with him, joy unending. So biblical waiting is an active verb. It's not a passive one. Our waiting is about being prepared to make the most of every opportunity and every talent that God has entrusted to us. And here's what we do at Stanwich as we prepare. We feed the hungry. We encourage those who are sad or struggling. We care for the poor. And we pray for God's kingdom and for one another. Our mission statement is to know Christ and make him known. And as we get to know God more, we realize that his message is great news. God so loved the world that he gave us his son. And it's always true that when we have great news, we have to share it. I was in a crowded deli in New Jersey in September waiting to get sandwiches to take to my son and daughter-in-law who were in the hospital. She had just given birth to their little son six hours earlier. And a couple walked in with t-shirts that said, Grandparenting is happiness. Now, I shocked myself by almost shouting to them and the many others that were in earshot, I am a new grandmother as of this morning. Um, let me tell you, I could not not announce my great news. Um, when we have great news, we have to share it. And in sharing it, it's pure joy. As my kids and our, my new grandson come home for the holidays, I'll clean the house, I'll prepare more meals, 
I'll put out Advent and Christmas decorations, and I'll wrap gifts. I'll be readying the home to receive them and greet them. This is a form of preparing for action. We, too, have the chance to ready our lives for Jesus' return, to surrender some space in our hearts and in our schedules to give to God this Advent season. So I invite you to consider as you come forward for communion today what space you might want to offer God this season. And you will come forward and we'll proclaim together what we do every week here at Sandwich, our words, Christ has died, Christ is risen, Christ will come again. Amen. To learn more about the mission and vision of Stanwich Church and how you can get involved, please visit stanwichchurch.org.